Welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. This morning, I want to read from the book of Malachi, chapter 3. In Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 1, Malachi chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Malachi chapter 3, starting with verse 1, it says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 1, we're going to go 1 through 4. It says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided or cloven tongues as a fire and one set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance this morning I want to speak on God is going to move you may be seated God is going to move the small prophecy that I read from the book of Malachi holds a unique position for it is within the last book in the Old Testament and it is the beginning of a 400 year period in which God would give no new revelation, no new prophecy, nothing new. Think about it for a moment. The Lord speaks, he says, behold, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and I will suddenly come to my temple. The sudden coming of the Lord to his temple is language that is reminiscent of the glory of the Lord setting upon the temple that Solomon had built in the Old Testament. God suddenly occupied his temple on that day and the promise of Malachi at the end of the Old Testament is that God would do it again. He is coming back to his temple in a sudden display of his glory and majesty. It's a prophecy of hope. It foretells the season of restoration and promise. And it leaves us with the impression that it will happen soon. For God says, suddenly I will come. Suddenly I will fill my temple. But with that message of hope in the book of Malachi, the prophets would fall silent. And not just the prophets, but God would fall silent. And after that prophecy, God would stop speaking to his people, not just for a few weeks or months, not even just for a few years or decades, but God would stay silent for centuries. 400 years would pass after God promised that he would move suddenly. And in all of that time, God never moved. Centuries would pass by and there was no evidence that God was ever going to fulfill that prophecy. 
And yet, despite the silence of God, the world kept turning and and life kept happening. And the Romans invaded the nation of Israel and they fell into captivity again. And it seemed as if God had completely forgotten his people. But then some things began to change. At first, it was a small shift as the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah and announced that the birth of the messenger who would prepare the way of the Lord was coming. He was speaking of John the Baptist. John the Baptist would come along and he would prepare the way of the Lord. After 400 years, the promise of God would begin to unfold. Shortly after that, an angel of the Lord would appear before Mary who foretold the birth of Jesus with the declaration that the child would be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And so after 400 years of waiting and 400 years of silence, the situation began to change and God began to move. On a day just like today, A day that seemed normal, a day that was no different than the many days that had passed before it. Things began to change. Things began to make sense as the light began to shine in the darkness. And God was manifest in flesh and the kingdom of the Lord was at hand and demons were subject to him. And the wind and the rain obeyed him and disease and sickness yielded to him and everything began to change. All of a sudden, the words of the prophet began to come to pass, and God showed up like he said he would show up. All of a sudden, God, who had been working for years out of sight, begins to make his presence known among his people. After 400 years of silence, God began to move. After 400 years of nothing happening, God began to work. Things began to change like he promised things would change. And Jesus comes on the scene and begins to fulfill a 400-year-old prophecy. Church, aren't you thankful that God keeps his word? Aren't you thankful that God is faithful to his promises? If he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If he says it's going to come to pass, it's going to come to pass. It may not be when we want it, but at the right time, he shows up with what we need. At the right time, church, he begins to work. At the right time, he will answer And after 400 years, it became the right time. After 400 years, God said, this is the moment. And God showed up in a way he had never showed up. Suddenly, Jesus comes on the scene. Suddenly, things begin to make sense for the people of God. But after all of this begins to unfold, only after three and a half years of ministry, Jesus was apprehended and his enemies prevailed against him. The healer, the Messiah, the promised Lord was taken and he was nailed to a cross. He was beaten, he was mocked, he was crucified. And as the last breath left his body, it seemed once again the promise would never come. 
But three days later, church, he came out of that grave. And he came out of that grave with power. And he came out of that grave with authority. And he appeared to his followers. And he walked with them. And he talked with them. And he showed them that the grave had no victory. Finally, the day came when in the presence of 500 of his followers, Jesus was caught up in the heavens. His last command to them was go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of God. And so as many as 500 of his followers that day went to Jerusalem with the intent of receiving the promise of God. But still the promise tarried as Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. And so lunch came and went and dinner passed. A night was spent and still no promise had come. After a few days, some even began to doubt, thinking this would never happen. After a week passed and no promise came, many of them who had traveled all the way to Jerusalem quit believing. One by one, they began to walk away. One by one, uh, they began to go home. Probably didn't happen all at once, but over the course of nine days, 380 of the 500 uh, abandoned the promise because it was taking too long. For the 120 that stayed faithful, it must have been disheartening. For they too must have wondered, was this really going to happen? Was Jesus really going to pour out his spirit? Was Jesus really going to fulfill his promise? But slowly the calendar was changing and a specific moment, a specific day and time was approaching. And Acts chapter 2 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, there's that word suddenly again. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Suddenly the Lord showed up. Suddenly the Lord came to his temple. Not the temple of the old covenant, but the temple of the new covenant. Make no mistake about it, this moment is the fulfillment of Malachi's prophecy. Malachi was speaking of the birth of the New Testament church. And suddenly God brought his promise to pass. I want to encourage somebody today. Every promise has a due date. Every promise will eventually come to pass. And God knows exactly when and where he will bring it to pass. So don't lose faith, church. Don't lose faith. For every promise of God will eventually come to pass. Maybe you've been waiting for what seems like a long time for something to change or something in your life to shift. But waiting is never permanent. Waiting is always temporary. 
In fact, sometimes God will get the will put the hope of, of the promise in your heart long before the promise actually comes to pass. He declared to Mary that she would bring forth a son. Months passed by that there was any evidence of a son. The promise always contains a waiting period, but the waiting period is never permanent for eventually the moment does arrive when God moves. God is going to move, church. The moment is soon coming when everything is going to change in your life. Suddenly, like the Bible says, God is going to move. Suddenly, God is going to change some things. And I just believe because God has given us this word today that today can be that day. This can be the moment that the presence of God moves in you. Today could be the day that things begin to shift. I believe things are getting ready to change. I believe that revival is near. I believe the presence of God is ready to move in somebody's life. I believe God is ready to move suddenly. Suddenly, like the Bible says, God is going to move. He knows right where you are today and in his timing church, he will move. Just as surely as the sun rises every morning, God is going to move. God is going to move. This church is going to grow. Things are going to change. Revival will break forth. And there will be miracles. And there will be souls saved. And there will be hearts mended. And broken families will be restored. People are going to be made new by the blood of Jesus when God begins to move and it will happen suddenly. Suddenly God is going to show up. One of these Sundays God is going to say this is the moment. This is the time and suddenly God is going to move. Suddenly church when you are on your knees praying one of these nights when you're on your knees praying somewhere God is going to show up and things are going to be begin to make sense and there's going to be a shift in your faith there's going to be a change in your spirit because God is going to show up suddenly unexpectedly while you're praying on your knees in your prayer closet or in your car suddenly God is going to move when God suddenly occupied his temple in the old testament it was a big event The whole nation of Israel had come to celebrate the completion of the temple and to dedicate it to God. They had come to worship Him and their sacrifices had numbered in the thousands. And then suddenly as this was all going on, the glory of the Lord descended upon that place and God had filled His temple. But that temple had been destroyed long before Malachi had given his prophecy. Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament, and by that time, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah had already overseen the building of a new temple. But God had never come to that temple in the same way that he had come to Solomon's temple. 
And the prophets had prophesied that the glory of the latter would be greater than the former. But as of yet, there had been no visitation of the glory of God upon that place. And there would not be for over 400 years. But when the glory of God finally came to that place, he did it in a way that nobody expected. It was just a normal day. Nothing was crazy about this day. It was an ordinary day in Jerusalem. There was no crowds of worshipers at the temple. Nothing special was going on this day. But yet, a little eight-day-old baby boy was brought to the temple for the act of circumcision and to receive a name from his parents. When that name was pronounced, all of heaven stood at attention. For his name was Jesus. And finally, church, the king of glory, had returned to his house. Not in the sudden and, and remarkable way that Malachi had promised, but God had entered his house, wrapped in swaddling clothes, manifest in the body of a little human baby. The priests didn't notice, the crowds didn't celebrate, but something that day began to shift. Things began to change that day. It was the beginning of a new thing. God was showing that his second visitation to the temple would be totally different from the first. When Malachi described as God suddenly coming to his temple, the book of Acts describes as God pouring out his spirit in the upper room. The temple of God in the New Testament is not a temple made with human hands. For the temple of God would be the hearts and the lives of his people. God would dwell in them. When God suddenly came to his temple in the Old Testament, there was an outward manifestation of his presence. When the Holy Ghost fell on the people in the book of Acts, there was an outward manifestation of his presence. What happened on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts was not an isolated thing. For it happened over and over and over again throughout the history of the early church. It says in Acts chapter 10, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized that have received the Holy Ghost? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. When God suddenly fell on the Gentiles in Cornelius' house, they received the Holy Ghost in the same exact way that it was poured out upon in the upper room. It says in Acts chapter 2, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my, my words. He says, These people are not drunken as ye suppose. 
But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. Peter said, this is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Hundreds of years ago, Joel prophesied that in the last day, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. When God says all flesh, the promise is not exclusive to the 120 in the upper room, but it means all flesh, all people. Acts chapter 2 verse 38, then Peter said unto them, this is the first message to the church. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall, this is that promise, it shall come to pass. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so what we must understand is that God is still pouring out His Spirit. He is still coming suddenly upon His temple every time a person surrenders themselves to God, having repented of their sins, God fills them with His Spirit. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's for you today. For either God is still pouring out His Spirit like He did on the first church, or His Word is not true. But His Word is true, church, and just as faithful as He was to fulfill every other prophecy, He is faithful to fulfill the prophecy of Joel, that in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. This is the day that something can change for somebody. This is the day that God wants to move on somebody and fill them with his spirit. God wants to do a new thing in this place. God wants to fill this temple. He wants to pour out his spirit upon those who desire it. He wants to give you a personal revival. He wants to do a renewal in you. Jesus is here today, ready church, to do a brand new thing. In the Old Testament, he moved upon the temple. In the Old Testament, he moved upon the temple. But in the New Testament, he's moving upon his people. He's getting ready to move church. And when he does, he's going to move suddenly. He's going to move upon those who are hungry. He's going to move upon those who are ready. He's going to move upon those who are desperate. Those who need something new. Those who need a new beginning. God is going to move. God is going to move upon the worshiper. It was when they had gathered together and worshipped at the temple in the Old Testament that God showed up and he did a new thing. 
today. God has not changed. He still moves upon the worshiper. He moves upon the worshiping church. Those who will worship, God will move upon. Those who will lift up their hands, God will move upon. Those who will open up their hearts, God will move upon. Those who have come with a hunger that the world couldn't give, God will move upon. Those who have a thirst that couldn't be quenched by the world, God will move upon. Those who have come for one thing, Christ and Him crucified, God will move upon. Those who are desperate today, desiring a new thing, God will move upon. God is going to move, church. I can feel it. Revival is in the air. The atmosphere is changing. Something is shifting in this place. The presence of God is in this place. And God is ready to move. Let's stand this morning. It's God's nature that he moves. It's what he does. For all the way in the book of Genesis at the very beginning when the earth was without form. Bible says void darkness was upon the face of the deep. What did God do? It says he began to move. For he's a moving God. And things began to make sense. Because God began to move. And light began to shine in the darkness because God began to move. And where there was no form, there became a structure and things became organized and things began to make sense. Why? Because God began to move. Great things happen when God begins to move. And it's the Spirit of God that moves a person to an altar. And it's the Spirit of God that moves a person to the front and, and they lift up their hands. And it's the Spirit of God that, that causes a person to go to their knees and begin to ask for forgiveness and, and repent of their sins. That's the Spirit of God that moves a person. Don't you feel the urge today? Don't you feel the burden to pray? Don't you feel the need to lift up your hands and cry out to God? That's the Spirit of God wanting to move in you. That's the Spirit of God wanting to move in this place. God is ready to do a new thing. God is ready to do a new thing in somebody's life. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com. Thank you for listening and see you next week.